What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands, and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. Swimsuit? Check. Sunscreen? Check. Phone charger? Check. Don't forget to pack the 5-Hour Energy. It fits great in a pocket or carry-on, and the alert feeling will help you arrive ready for anything. Now get 20% off when you use code 5HETRAVEL at 5HourEnergy.com. Expires April 30th. One-time use only. Not valid with other discounts. Remember, visit 5HourEnergy.com and use code 5HETRAVEL to save 20%. Them birds play, thoughts go through your mind about some misplays. Backstage politics, who's next on the trade block? Tune in to Fourth and John, get your answers, bruh. If you be in the city, just know that we get busy. Time there's a whole game tailgate, we lit. Cheering on them birds, uh, singing that fight song. E A G L E S, we on. Look, we from Philly. If you don't know, we run these streets the same way the birds run that NFC East. Giants is weak, skins is trash, Cowboys every season whoop that ass. It ain't no competition, we here for those who listen. Want nothing but the facts, that ego coalition. We could give two fucks about your trash ass team. Our concern is about that black, that white, that midnight green. The feathers on the helmet, bruh, our hearts indebted. Fly, Eagles, fly, what it's about, bruh, I said it, look up. But I just gotta know one thing. Are you ready? No, I said, are you from Wildfire Sports Studios. Welcome to the 4th and John 2018 Eagles offseason episode 10. Boys and girls, we are exactly 100 days away from kickoff. And normally when I hear that and I see the retweet, I feel some kind of way. But for some reason this time it felt a little different. When the Eagles won the Super Bowl, the show after, our last show at New Media Studios, we're here at Wildfire Studios, and we thank you, Wildfire, for us being here, but when we did our last show after the Super Bowl, I said in my intro to enjoy the first, the little unexpected first that you didn't see coming, because we all daydreamed about winning a Super Bowl, what it would be like, what we would say, how we would feel, who we would be around. But it's those unexpected firsts that come as a most pleasant surprise. And seeing a 100-day countdown to the NFL season made me feel some sort of way. Because normally I see that and I think to myself, oh, 100-day, that's a long ways away. Or maybe I might think to myself, 100 days, Eagle season right around the corner. I might think to myself, is this the year that we win a Super Bowl? When are we going to win a Super Bowl? When is it our turn to win a Super Bowl? When are we ever going to win a Super Bowl? But this time, I looked at 100 days, and I thought to myself, I I didn't smile. I didn't feel happiness. My eyebrows went down, and I got angry. Because we are 100 days from going to war. 
We are a hundred days from defending the crown. We are a hundred days for, to reminding the rest of the NFL who runs this motherfucker, the Philadelphia Eagles. Because you win one Super Bowl, you make history. You win two Super Bowls, you become historic. We still talk about the Dallas Cowboys of the 90s. We still talk about John Elway and that Denver Broncos team that won back-to-back. We still talk about the New England Patriots when they won back-to-back because that is, is historic. And that's what this team is getting ready to do 100 days for today, from today. They already made history. They are about to become historic. So, boys and girls... Buckle up. It's going to go faster than you think it is. We are a hundred days away. Mr. Gail Saunders, Eagle Sessions on Twitter. How are you doing? How was your Memorial Day weekend, bro? Great, man. Just chilled, barbecued, ate a lot of food, got a little fatter, you know. (laughs) Still dealing with the allergies. Barbecue season. Hey, it's great, man. Like you said, man, a hundred days closer to the, the season. Yeah, man. The reason for the season was the Super Bowl last year. The reason for this season is defending the crown season one. And I think, uh, you know, every, every practice for me is just more another opportunity to learn about the players that we have on this roster, the new pieces, and how are they going to affect uh, the roster moving forward and how are they going to affect these Ws. No, no losses because we're going undefeated. No, just really? kidding. Uh, we'll lose <laughs> a couple. But, uh, you, know, you, know, you know, some of the coaches got to speak today. Yes, sir. Schwartz, you know, Schwartz is being Schwartz. He's, you know, not going to say too much and not going to praise someone too much. But he, he did mention uh, Devontae Bosby being a, uh, a valuable player on in the slot. The rotating guys. They don't have a guy for the slot position. You know, Mike had mentioned uh, last week about, uh, you know, um, Sidney Jones yes, playing sir. on the inside. Yes, sir. They don't have a guy right now. So, for right now, it's early in the practices. Everyone's going to get a shot at the slot. So that was one key thing that I that I heard in in the his his, his uh, intro today. I, I I just feel differently about it. Mm-hmm. I mean, normally we're all watching the live periscopes, whether it be the beat writers tweeting out video, or whether it be the Philadelphia Eagles uh, social media team going live. We're used to watching that practice, those mini camps, those OTAs, and really kind of digesting that as, well, how is this person going to contribute to the upcoming season? What, what, what does this person look like? How's the rookie? I don't know. I'm just watching it differently. Whether it be Carson Wentz rehabbing from that knee, is he going to be ready to go week one? Is he going to help defend that crown because there's nothing above the repeat? Is Darren Sproles going to show up? How does Nelson Aguilar look? What does Godart look like? You know, you know, you're, you're looking at it. It's a different mindset when I'm getting ready for the season because it's all about defending that crown. And that's what's so unique about this offseason is that we're going into it like – there is nothing above the repeat. Right. This is different. This is, this is the new norm for the fan base. Mm-hmm. Thinking about championships. Not thinking about maybes. Not thinking about what ifs. Dynasties. Mm-hmm. Thinking about dynasties. We're thinking about dynasties right now. It's a, that's a crazy feeling as an Eagle fan, mm-hmm. saying the word dynasty. Absolutely. You know, we, we saw some good defenses, some strong defenses in the past, but seeing an overall uh, a unit that's so co- cohesive, in the chemistry in the locker room, we never saw that before. Never. Not never, like that. Never, ever, ever, ever. Never, ever. I just got to say real quick, we have come a long way. Do you remember the beginning of last season 
We were afraid to say the SB word, and now we're talking the D word. We were afraid to say the SB word midway through the season, right. and I was the one kind of like, all right, well, I, boy, said that, I said that bitch. Yeah, yeah man. A few of us did. It was in the gut, quick. man. I, it's a funny. It felt like, like the. It, it was in like the gut, year. dude. Yep. Like, felt you, like I've never seen that before. Mm-mm. Nah. You know, that kind of team. That was the most complete Eagles team I've ever it's, witnessed. It's just different. When you stand up next to that Lombardi. And you see your reflection in that trophy. Mm. Kids, don't do drugs. But if you're going to do a drug, <laughs> do that drug. Because I guarantee you there is no bigger high yeah. than seeing that Lombardi, knowing your world, waking up every single day, mm-hmm. knowing your world champions, knowing it takes to get there, and seeing that again in this team. Working the social media is our boy, Philly Mike. Mike, how are you doing? How was your Memorial Day weekend? It's good. It was good. I'm trying to recoup this little hangover I have going drinking, on. Drinking, were you? Week, were you bit. drinking? Just a little bit. High sea fruit punch. Yeah. <laughs> Some people know me. I have a high tolerance for alcohol, but man, it was a rough weekend. But uh, we were talking about Schwartz a little bit ago, Gail. Yeah. And one key point that we didn't mention, though, there was a question. We were talking about pregame before the show that Jim, Jim Schwartz was asked a question about Michael Bennett. And Michael, okay. and then Jim Schwartz completely dodged the question and moved on to talking about something else. How do you guys feel about that whole entire situation, though? He didn't even mention the name Michael Bennett, just completely slipped out of the mind and everything. I think he just wants to, uh, you know, he's not, his, his mentality usually, if the player's not there, he doesn't want to talk about them. Once they show up, um, and then again, he's a veteran, he, he does his thing during, during the offseason. He's going to be there next week. Plus, what do, what do you have to benefit from really addressing or answering that question? You're just opening up a can of worms. Because you answer one, next thing you know, you're going to be answering five. So it's better just to kind of move on, move past it. Really, what positive is going to come out of that? Because you're going to be, well, is Michael Bennett's absence uh, affecting your defensive rotation? Do you think he should be getting the reps in? Uh, Jim, a locker room issue, maybe? Yeah, yeah. Uh, Jim, do you think this affects, like... In other words, I would have moved right past it, too. You know, because yeah. he's not here. It's not worth talking about. And if I start talking about it, you know how the beat writers are, man. Yeah. They just start piling on and on. But he did mention one thing about Michael Bennett. He said uh, that he liked is the multidimensional talents. And he said that he fits his scheme very well. There you go. So there you go. That's all you need to know. Right there. there you go. We'll, so we'll see it in, in mandatory OTAs. We'll see it in mandatory minicamps. We'll see it all through, uh, yep. all through training camp. So... I don't want to Fletcher Cox it and, and make it a big deal that he isn't there. Uh, I, I, I feel like they're going to see him, yeah. and he's going to be part of the team, and we're going to kind of forget this section of the Eagles offseason relatively quickly. I mean, the thing you like about these practices, this is where you get to see the young talent. This is where you get to see who's on the back end of the roster, mm-hmm. see who's going to compete for that second string, third, fourth string uh, spot on the roster. Special and teams. That's, I mean, that's really what they're looking at. Mm-hmm. I mean, Darren Sproles isn't here. No. But it's okay. But it's okay. It's okay. It's okay, man. It's okay. It's okay. Mm-hmm. Hey, working the soundboard today <laughs> is our boy Evan Bubblegum here. <laughs> How are you doing today, Evan? Fucking I'm not going to do my thing in an accent. That's <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, but I'm doing pretty well. I'm sitting here thinking about what you said, A, and I'm thinking about a possible diagnosis to your problem. All right, all right, Dr. Evan Bubblegum yes. here. What, what, what do MD. I have? Um, so what, what, the, what the problem is, uh, is an acute <laughs> – I'm, I'm kidding. So what the problem is is that all these previous years that you were talking about, uh, you were thinking to yourself, is this going to be our year? Is this the year the Eagles finally break through and I get to witness the Super Bowl? 
all those previous years, you never had the Super Bowl victory before. And yeah. what I what I mean by that is that after since we got the Super Bowl victory this year, we can start building a dynasty. And like they're like you've been pounding the table since the first week after the Super Bowl. There's nothing above the repeat. So if the Eagles had lost the Super Bowl last year, we're used to that. We're used to the Eagles underperforming as a team, and now we have a team that overperforms and wins the Super Bowl. And you guys can all relate. Anybody that's listening can relate. There's nothing better than your first time. And nothing then it, better. It went way too quick. <laughs> <they're> already been, <laughs> uh, in a few in a week from now, we are going to be four months removed from the Super Bowl. I'm looking at that as the inversion of what you guys are talking about. We're 100 days away from the season kicking off. Mm-hmm. We're also four months away from just winning the Super Bowl. It's amazing how fast the time has flew. And it, and it and it does and it's still every morning every morning oh, I pop out of bed the, the day a morning doesn't pass within the first ten minutes of me being awake I go to myself my God they did it mm-hmm. like we're so, like it's still just so weird yeah it's so weird to think about we spent our entire lives chasing that trophy and it's here mm-hmm. and I saw my reflection in it. Yeah. And now I'm like Tyrone Bingham, just like, you got any more of them Lombardis? My, my grandfather's face looked like mine when he first started following this team. And he, oh got his, he got his first That Super poor, Bowl. Bastard. <laughs> poor bastard. <laughs> he was sitting on the couch. He wasn't able to celebrate like us on Broad Street, but he got it. All right, all right. And we got Lacey uh, chatting with everybody on Facebook Live. Lacey, what's going on over there on Facebook Live? Uh, we're doing pretty good. We're getting some questions. Um, mostly a lot about Michael Kendricks and whether he's a big loss or not. Who the hell's that? <laughs> <laughs> um, so you know we're getting a lot of questions about him and who he'll who will be his replacement, um, more or less, and if he's you know if it hurts the team or not. Well, you're gonna get a lot more comments with what I'm about to bring up here because I'm not sure if you know in social media. Like the Facebook people aren't on always on the same page as the Twitter people, but what's lighting Twitter up right now is this series of unpopular opinion. Oh yeah, I, I, I want I want to say questions. I don't want to call them memes, but it's usually unpopular opinion. Uh, food edition, right. movies edition, different music. threads. They're different threads. The different threads, and then people can, because we all have unpopular opinions about certain things in life, and we don't always say them. So this is a perfect excuse to throw out your unpopular opinion <laughs> without not necessarily getting judged, but it gives you a, a platform to be like, look, this is my unpopular opinion. Mm-hmm. Discuss. So I threw out there the unpopular opinion Philadelphia Eagles edition. And I screenshotted, oh, I don't know. Just 31. A, just a, oh, <laughs> oh, you know, because I sent them all to you. 31. I don't know if we're going to get all to all of them. But I thought it was good topics to bring up because these are unpopular opinions. So first one I want to bring up is, uh, and I'm just going right from the top. This is in no particular order. But Mr. Ruffin on Twitter says, Mac Collins will have a better season than Mike Wallace. Unpopular opinion or truth? I think that's a popular opinion. That's a popular yeah. opinion. It's unpo- my unpopular opinion. Unpopular opinion. I, I believe that's truth. I think, I think Mike Wallace uh, represents a more uh, veteran um, deep threat. Like, he's, he's done it. Yeah. And he, he continues to do it. I think he's more versatile. You could, you could work him in the slot as well. People think of um, Wallace as just a deep threat. If you watch what he did last season for the Ravens, he used him 
in all different types of ways. So I think. Uh, and, that, and that's going to give you the flexibility of, of, of moving that guy around the field. You know what I mean? Yeah. And like you said, not using him as just a vertical deep threat. Mm-hmm. Now you got to imagine, okay, Alshon Jeffries, your one. Wallace is going to be the two. Nelson's going to be working the slot. You know, more, more than likely, Mac Hollins is going to be your fourth option at receiver. You're going to see him on four receiver sets. Um, maybe when they go like jumbo package or they bring in two tight ends, you might see, you might see him. Because he does have speed. I'm not, I'm not saying he doesn't. Yeah, he if does, you look at some of the plays he made last year, incredible down-the-field plays. And for his size to be burning people like that, yeah. I'm, let him develop into that Mike Wallace role. Don't force it upon him. I mean, you, you think about that 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 play that Matt Collins had against the Redskins. Mm-hmm. That was uh, pretty nice. But I, I think I think uh, right now he's um, playing in place of Alshon Jeffrey in the first team reps. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, we all like Matt Collins. I mean, I think, you know. There's not much not with the floss and there's not much, you know, there's not much not to like. You know, not much not to like. Still young, still young. Next unpopular opinion. This, this is a good one. This is going to be a touchy subject, all right? Because right. a lot of you haven't seen this one. Yeah. <sighs> Meryl Reese uh, is awful to listen to and probably oh no. doesn't know what's actually going on <laughs> half the time. Put him in the bathroom. Wow. What we got here? Meryl Reese. What's the at? I must know the at. It is Scotty D47. Scotty D47. So you're trying to old yeller Meryl Reese? Is that what we're Nah. I, 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 I will say, Put him in the I, I will say this. I'll say this. During my brief stint kind of flirting with 97.5, right? There was a, there was a time where I was doing, doing some, like, you know, very brief time with 97.5, doing, like, some behind-the-scenes stuff. They were trying to maybe incorporate me into the morning show. It just didn't work out, but I spent a lot of time with the guys. And every time, Mer- the first time Meryl Reese got brought up, unanimously in the room, and I'm not going to name names, but unanimously in the room, they all said that Meryl was terrible. That he was unlistenable. And I remember thinking to myself, like, whoa, whoa, what? Like, it came as a shock to me until one person said, actually, listen to Merrill Reese. Listen to the way he calls a play, close your eyes, and if you are not specifically watching the play, what kind of picture does he paint for you? And it's a lot of like, he'll, he'll do the pre formation very well, but as soon as the action happens, it's he drops back, he fires. Complete to Aguilar, down the sideline, like like it's like I need and, my glasses. And it, well, well, listen, like I love Merrill. I can't imagine much like Harry Callis with with the Philadelphia yeah. Phillies. Yeah. I can't imagine a world without Merrill Reese. Yeah, but they did make a point when you listen to other broadcasters, other play by play guys for other teams and nationally, they paint a prettier picture. You know. Wow. Uh, 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 throws to the flat, five yards, dives to the outside. He's up the sideline. Like, don't paint that picture. Whereas Merrill Reese, actually, if you listen to him, sort kind of lacks. And I don't know if that's old age. He could be old. That's what I mean. You know? He's been doing this for. He's been doing with the Eagles for over forty years. I remember two years ago I met him. That's at enough the, uh, said. I mean, I think we just need new blood eventually. Well, not but, don't rush it. I'm not I, saying I, 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 don't, I don't want anybody else besides Merrill Reese. But he does come with his flaws. Yeah, I mean, two years ago, I met him at the Eagles draft party um, when they were announcing the like the fifth, fourth, fifth, and sixth round picks, and I got to meet Merrill. And Hello, uh, motherfucker! And I'm like, I'm like, yo, he had that that aura around him. You yeah, know what I mean, he's got that aura, but then I, 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 he seemed a little slower 
You know, he, he's old. Yeah, well, he's, he's old. He's up you, know, there, like, you can't expect him to be on on tip on his tippy toes like yeah. Like he's an older dude. I, I think you know. Isn't it weird for a, nobody for nobody's that met Meryl Reese in person? Number one, he's the nicest guy in the world. Yeah, he takes yeah. time with anybody who's willing to talk with him. He's like four foot eleven. Yeah, he's like he's he, he's he's like an elf. Look at this dude. He's, he's like a little elf on the shelf. Eagle's <laughs> elf on the shelf, and. uh when you talk to him first, and, and, and I get that a lot because when, pe- when sometimes people meet me in the tailgates or whatever, they're like, you're a lot quieter in person. And that's because, like, we all have that projection, like, right? Like, I don't know what I was expecting walking up to Merrill for the first time, but he was like, hi, my name is... Like, of course he's not going to do the radio right. voice. But it's, it's like a very toned down version of the radio voice. It's, it's, if you never had a chance to meet Merrill Reese... Nice guy. Nice guy. F- fantastic guy. Next... Unpopular opinion. Oh, we got a quick opinion from uh, okay. one of our guys, Mac Attack. He said, Merrill Reese is a national treasure, the yes, football equivalent of Vin Scully. That is offensive, whoever said that. He is, he's terrible. <laughs> he's a terrible. <laughs> no, well, listen, you know, that's not going to go over well. That's, that's like, um, you know, telling Cubbies fans that Harry Carey wasn't shit. I mean, that's, you know? that's, that's the thing I like about these. Hi! <laughs> Hi, Evan! Play the new cop hizzle. Drop. <laughs> <laughs> I think you, the thing I like about these, they sting right to your heart. Yeah. And you're like, what did and you say? And then think about it. Yeah. And then you think <laughs> about it. What did you say, motherfucker? <laughs> the, the unpopular opinion threads are, are, are the greatest thing on Twitter going right now. And, and uh, next one up is from the Chubby Don. He says the Viking, uh, Eagles fans aren't any worse than any other teams. Vikings fans are just pussies. Okay. Ouch. Fuck. All right. He isn't so, wrong. So, Go. Well, well, he was right about the second half. That that has been yeah. proven. That is a known fact. That's not an opinion. That is a fact. Vikings fans are indeed vaginal. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> but Eagles fans aren't any worse than any other teams. Gail, what do you? We've traveled. What say you? Uh, I think we uh, have a strong opinions, and we let people know them. Uh, I think uh, we, as a fan base, we haven't killed anybody like what, let's say, the Cowboys fan who killed, killed somebody. Uh, what was the Raiders fan who killed somebody? Yeah. 49ers, 49ers fans. 49, 49ers yeah. fan. I mean, didn't, didn't a Cowboys fan stab a Redskins fan or vice versa? Yep. Let's talk about that. Well, I mean, that's never on ESPN, hey, hey, though. No, hey, never on ESPN. Eagle fans did raise money uh, for Tom Coughlin, Jay Fun. Yeah, for ten thousand dollars. An opposing team. Yeah, an oppo- Tom Coughlin himself, a Giants guy. Who, by the way, I got via direct message sends his thank you to everybody who donated. Uh, that's hey. awesome. Tom Coughlin Tommy. sends his Tommy. thank you for to Eagles fans raising all that money. Awesome, 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 awesome. I, I, I tell you this. Growing up, right, you, you hear so many things about the Eagles fan base. They're the most passionate fan base. They're the most knowledgeable fan base. They're crazy about their football. They're the best fans in the NFL, so on and so forth. And you, at least I digested that with a little bit of a grain of salt. Like, that's a little bit of tooting our own horns. That's a little self-serving. It's probably like that because it doesn't matter what the sport. You'll see in the NBA Finals, whoever eventually holds up that trophy, probably Golden State, is going is to say... 
Golden State Warriors fans, you're the best fans in the NBA. Yeah. And the Stanley Cup Finals, uh, Vegas might year. Vegas might be holding up the uh, the um, Stanley Cup and say to the fledgling uh, Vegas Knights fan base, you're the best fans. I don't know how the fuck they could, but they're going to say it. Yep. They're going to say it. So I always thought that was a little self-serving that every fan base was alike. The more well-traveled I become, the more I go up to MetLife Stadium, the more I go to D.C., L.A., Baltimore. The more I see these fan bases, I realize that all the hype, there's, there's truth behind that. Mm-hmm. It, it, it's possibly a little overhyped, but the Eagles fan base by far is the nuttiest, most passionate, diehard you talk to anybody, and they can talk to you intelligently. We've been, yeah. we've been up to MetLife, and we've seen, and, and some of the people are there just to be there. Mm-hmm. Now we went down to Baltimore, last home game of the season, playoff window. You know they had to win, and a couple other things had to happen. But nevertheless, they still had. Uh, it was their last home game, and they had a shot at the playoffs, a chance to get in, and the wild card. And a third oh, of the stadium yeah. was fucking empty. The guy in front of us fell asleep. Fell asleep. I mean, in the, the Redskins, they didn't even sell out. No, for their opener. Like, my friend was like, They're dude, opener. I could have got you tickets there. Divisional it, game. At the top of the stadium, it was, like, covered up with, like, uh, FedEx stuff. Yeah. Tarp. And he's like, dude, I could have got you tickets. You let me know. I'm like, what? Who would have pulled the tarp they, off they, for you? You know? <laughs> Get a whole section to yourself. <laughs> but I think the Eagles fan base is, like, we're the only fan base that will argue over a fourth down running back. A uh, 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 fourth string running back. Mm-hmm. Or argue over Paul Turner. Yeah. Or who's going to be that camp darling that we fall in love with. But as you go around, uh, you know, and travel and stuff, you have these intelligent conversations with the fan base. And yes, I think uh, we're pretty smart. Yeah. Yeah. Don't uh, take it humbly, but know, Eagles fans, that there is something different about you that makes you unique from any other fan base. And those are the words from one Mr. Darren McMullen who was on that Football Fanatic Dang. show. Because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. they visited Philadelphia late, and he was about to six other cities. And he goes, dude, as far as passion, as far as excitement, as far as dedication, mm-hmm. you guys blow everybody else out of the water. And that's after visiting Dallas, after visiting the New York Giants, after visiting the Green Bay Packers. So from an outsider's yeah. perspective, there's truth. And it's Nailed before, it. And it's before the Eagles won the Super Bowl, too. And before the Eagles won the Super Bowl. Speaking of that, is he doing a season two by chance? I know. Uh, I got to reach out to him. Yeah. But they are playing those episodes again. Like it recently aired. Uh, they're playing them on NFL Network now. So okay. keep it. Keep an eye out for that. Uh, next unpopular opinion comes from Brother Frank. <clears throat> these are great though. These yeah, are, these are, good dude, stuff. dude, they they just get better. Andy Reid was the problem during his tenure in Philadelphia. Ouch. He was the problem. He was the problem. I, uh, yeah, he got in, he got in his own way. Can't handle the truth. How, how do you how do you not get Donovan McNabb a wide receiver until <laughs> until t- Terrell Owens? Yeah, really, you're gonna put this on James, uh, Thrash and Pinkston? The, the biggest Freddie for Mitchell. one year too. Freddie Mitchell. They would only have him for one year. On Reggie Brown. The 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 biggest tragedy in Philadelphia sports, and there's been a lot of them was that the Eagles didn't come away with a Vince Lombardi trophy during Andy Reid and Donovan McNabb's yeah. run. I mean, the, I'll add to that. Uh, Jim Johnson carried carried the way? Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. I'll, 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 I'll give Carry the defense. I'll 100%. Absolutely. 100%. Because when, when that offense wasn't clicking, the defense was the one. Keeping yes. him in games. Absolutely. And, and Andy oh, yes. was a great Monday through Saturday coach. Mm-hmm. He could cook up a game plan excellent. As far as in-game clock management or adjustments, 
clueless. I've never seen somebody more clueless or, or just stick to the fucking script that he wrote on Saturday without any adjustments. That's the difference between Andy Reid and Doug Peterson. Doug Peterson's a... How many times last season did they go into the locker room either even or down and make the adjustments to make it happen in the second half? And the weird thing as an Eagle fan, you're thinking like the Reid area. You're thinking like, we're not going to rebound from this. And who has a Lombardi as a head coach? Reed or Doug Peterson? Uh, Dougie P. Dougie P knows what's up. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you think about uh, Doug Peterson. Uh, he's like the Luke Skywalker taking uh, taking the reins from Darth Vader. All right, here, nice we, go. here we go. This comes from <laughs> J.G. Basile. With a Super Bowl win, we got to start acting like an elite franchise. We're not downtrodden anymore. Just... Uh, ignore opposing fans and get loud. Stop punching horses is my main point. So his unpopular opinion is to stop punching horses. Uh-huh. <laughs> well, what about, I mean, I, I'll co-sign what about, that. I'll co-sign. <laughs> no one Come punch on. any more horses. What about eating horse shit? Uh, we should probably. We should, we should probably. <laughs> is that the same guy who ate the horse? No, there was a, there was another one too. I'm not sure if I printed it out, and if I do, uh, if I did, I'll get to it and just and just move past it. One of the unpopular opinions is that the quote unquote good fans of the Eagles fan base should start policing the bad fans of the Eagles fan base. Like, how do you do that though? How do you tell somebody not to act like an asshole? Yeah, you know it's, what I mean. It's all. It's only going to start fights because when you when there is drunk rowdy people, yeah. the, the worst thing you can tell them is to relax because that's going to do the complete opposite. Hey, could you stop drinking? Yeah, slow it down. Hey, screw could, you. Could, could, could you? Could you? Yeah. Could you stop swearing, Cheryl? You're scared. You're scaring the children. Could you around. put your shirt back on? <laughs> sure, you put your shirt back on, Cheryl. All right, next one. Oh God. Philatica or Dylan? All right. Dylan. Here we go. Here we go. Here's a good one. Signing Hicks to a long-term extension would be a mistake. Whoa, Nelly! Would be a mistake, Gail. I guess that would be the Achilles heel. Oh. Ooh. 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 I see what you did there. Yeah, okay. That was nice. That's smart, guys. <laughs> that's that was smart. It's, it's tough. I mean, you, you got you to gotta, you gotta look at how he plays. I mean, he could lose um, some speed yeah. after coming back on the Achilles. Has he played a full season? Uh, no, I don't think so. Not so far. Has. Oh my god! But what, what if he does the full season this year? Well, then you have to re. They re- gotta re- do it, right? Yeah. Gotta it, do it. it. His injuries go back to college. I mean, that's yeah. the reason yeah. why he dropped. Right. To where he, right. he dropped. But so. how do you how do you set the market value for somebody like that? Like 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 what's the market value? You can't pay him like an elite. Yeah. Can't pay him Brad money. It has to be a short term deal. It has, yeah. to be, it has to be short term. You can't play him pay him like a backup. No. You can't pay him like an elite linebacker. So, wh- like, starting linebacker, like, that's Brad of money. Brad of money is kind of what, if you're going to sign Jordan Hicks long term, that's what you're looking at. Or maybe, if you do, or maybe if you do, like, the like how he's been doing one year, prove it deal. To prove it again next year, you have happen. a full season. Yeah. And then if you're fully healthy again, then you get that starter money. Yeah, but a lot of times, prove it deals aren't from the club that you are currently with. Prove-it deals come from a veteran like Des Bryant. What about Jeremy Macklin? And and that's the one thought that came into my head. That's the one time that I can remember a prove-it deal. And he proved it. And he he proved it, and the Eagles (laughs) let him go anyway. But I I think that's what other players around the league would look at when taking a prove-it deal from your current club that you're under contract with. Because haven't I proved it already to you? I'm here. You drafted me. You kept me. I'm on the roster year after year. Didn't I already prove it? 
Now, if it, now if you're Jordan Hicks and the Eagles approach you with a one-year prove-it deal, but you know damn right well that in free agency, everybody gets overpaid. Everybody. It doesn't matter who it is. Look at some of the names that got signed. Some of the second, third-tier guys who got signed. Look at the money they're making. That's well past prove-it money. Yep. So if you're Jordan Hicks, wouldn't it be more advantageous? You already won a Super Bowl there. Yeah, to, to then go on and, and get banged instead of having to prove to the club that you're already with? Yeah. Well, I also, I think he's, he's a leader within that locker room. He's also a really cerebral guy, a great thinker, um, and just like a team, overall team leader and leads by action. I think he helps cultivate the next couple linebackers in the, in the locker room. But I, I think you think uh, – the guy that brought in Corey Nelson for the Broncos, also a great coverage linebacker. You know, he's rated up there with Jordan Hicks uh, back in uh, 2016. Um, so, you know, they're they're looking. They're probably looking for someone who potentially could compete with him. Uh, then Nate Gary um, also yeah. is playing in the nickel in the slots right now, and the nickel linebacker spot where Hicks is playing. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he's not playing right now since he's injured. This is from Brohen314, and it, it's, it, I don't think this is an unpopular opinion, but it speaks on what we were just talking about with Donovan McNabb. If the Eagles front office back, when it, uh, if the Eagles front office back, back then was more active like it is today when McNabb was playing, that, that, that is a poor tweet structure, my friend. You have got to work on that. If the Eagles front <laughs> office back then was more active like it is today when McNabb was playing, McNabb would have won at least two Super Bowls in his prime. True. It's true. That was absolutely true. They would have get. They would have got McNabb his Alshon Jeffrey. But that's the benefit of having like a Howie Roseman and when Jason Kelsey was up there giving his speech, talking about the adversity that Howie Roseman went through, mm-hmm. and the lessons he was able to learn from his mistakes—not mistakes, but his situation when he was when locked in the, in the closet. Yeah. You know, and 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 Jason Kelsey <laughs> hadn't seen that guy for a year. He was on the opposite side of the building. I think that how he learned from his time yeah. with Joe Banner and Andy Reid what to do right, what to do, what they were doing wrong. Then when he lost the power to Chip Kelly, st- stood back, self-evaluated, watched Chip, did what he did right, which was far and few in between, did what he did lo- wrong, which is a fucking laundry list. And then when he was time to ready take power again, fucking killed it, yeah, nailed it, and continues to do it a yeah. fantastic job. Yeah, I, I, one thing I don't I don't know how Reed didn't get Randy Moss. There was there, uh, well, he, there was a slight opportunity when he was available. There was a slight opportunity. There was also little known. There was also a maybe it is known. I don't I I, I don't know. Uh, they were real close to Larry Fitzgerald. Oh, really, they were real close to getting something imagine? done for Larry Fitzgerald. Oh, goodness. So so it's not it's not that they didn't try. It's that they tried, but they, they didn't get it done. They didn't get it done. Yeah. And had, you know, had Donovan had an elite number one wide receiver, when you think about what that means for Brian Westbrook, what that means for Brent Selleck or Chad Lewis, you know, what that means for the rest of the running backs, that offensive line was just as good as it is today. Yeah, I I think when Howie came out from the other side of the uh, Novacare complex when he came back and got the reins back, I think that he learned, he truly learned the art of the fleece. You know what I mean? <laughs> the art of the fleece. For real. Because I had after he took back over, Chip was very um he was very active during off season. But I think Howie Roseman has been probably the most active GM since taking over uh, yeah, back yeah. from Chip. Yeah. With like by far. Mike. And do you think 
Um, Donovan McNabb's character issues during this time here was also a problem for wide receivers not coming here because you have Carson Wentz. Because you have Carson Wentz as brought in, kind of brought in Alshon Jeffrey and some of these other players. Do you think Donovan McNabb's character probably was an issue with some of these? Besides T.O. That that was discovered afterwards. There was an ego problem between him and T.O. Yeah. But in the beginning, that worked. I think he did have an ego in the locker room. If you you listen to a lot of the former players talk about him, you know, they kind of make mention of it. But I think getting him a weapon was like, even the the whole fan base was waiting on this. Yeah. You could imagine what McNabb was thinking. I mean, you guys might have been too young to be at Lehigh when when T.O. first came to town, but I know Gail and I were both there. I was there. And, uh, wow. I mean, that that, that was... Rockstar. Rockstar. I mean, that yeah. was... I've never seen such a big crowd from when T.O. first got to Philadelphia and people holding up those tinfoil Lombard... Like, like, the crowd was... We were expecting to go to the Super Bowl that year. It was an expectation, as opposed to this year when it was kind of like... You know, know we're going to keep progressing, and we're going to see how this team if moves forward. If we make forward. the playoffs, we'll make the playoffs nine, and nine, nine and uh, seven, ten and six, you know, somewhere around there, and we end up winning the whole damn thing by surprise. I mean, part of that was instant love for T.O. because of his persona and everything, but the instant love for having a, finally a number one wide receiver that we've been He had, what, 15 touchdowns for. that year? 15? Something like that. Season. Yeah. He was and, a and, and you gotta, you, you got you to gotta see it from... Donovan's perspective not that he was right but that guy came to Philadelphia and the minute he was drafted stood up there and held the colors and got booed yeah. and then T.O. comes to town and totally steals any the reception that T.O. got should have been the reception that Donovan got and then the city fell in love with Terrell Owens when they weren't falling in love with Donovan McNabb mm-hmm. And if Donovan McNabb's fragile little ego, which is still on display to this day, when you oh, yeah. hear him, when you heard him this season talk about Carson Wentz and what the Eagles could do, so on, he's still butthurt about it. He's fragile. He's a, he's a big six foot two, now three hundred and some odd pound worth of fragile. Oh, I would love to be on set when uh, someone finally says in front of Donovan McNabb that uh, Carson Wentz is the greatest Eagles quarterback. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I don't want to be around for that. I was, I was at Super Bowl Radio Row and I was uh, doing camera work and I was walking around. I, I got to meet Brian Westbrook. Nice guy. Shook my hand. Looked me in the eye. I was like, yeah, yeah. Nice to meet you. I actually bumped into Michael Kendricks. Same thing. Nice guy. Nice to meet you. You know, I when I was growing up, I was like Don McNabb. He was, he was my guy. Right. I finally get that opportunity. McNabb is right in front of me. This dude dodges me, and I was like, "Dude, you're one of my uh, favorite players." <laughs> oh, and just went right <laughs> by dude, you. Yo, dude, just fucking went around. Like I was like, "Bro, damn, dude, damn, that sucks." And after the that, broke my fucking Gail trying to talk to Donovan McNabb. Oh, fucking Terrell Owens. Let's go. Adam Lefko of the Lefko and Sims podcast uh, says that Mike Mamula was pretty good. As Troc cackles. Mike Mamula <laughs> was pretty good. Troc, do you have an opinion on that? Put him in a fucking bed. <laughs> no, well, hold on. Because I actually agree with him. It's a moment. I, oh I, I agree with him. Would anybody else like to chime in before I explain why? I, I think Trox wants to say something right now. He was a good athlete. Going on, doesn't he? he was a good athlete, a great player, but he just didn't have the arms 
And I think he didn't have it mentally playing in this city. I think that got to him too much. Let me tell you something. If, if, if Mike Mamula was a third-round pick, nobody would have said nothing. It's not his fucking fault that Ray Rhodes fell in love with him at the Combine and drafted him. That's not, that's not Mike Mamula's fault. Like, like, he had a relatively productive career. And up until about a year ago, if you look at Brandon Graham's sack totals, they equaled Mike Mamula's for the time that he was within the league. Mike Mamula's statistics. Gail's showing it to me right now. Five and a half sacks, eight sacks, four sacks, 8.5, 5.5. I mean, that, that, that's, uh, that's, that's past Vinnie Curry. Yeah, that's pretty, it's not bad. You know what I mean? That's, that's past guys that were drafted uh, by the Eagles to be on the defensive line. Better than so, Marcus Smith. Better than Marcus Smith. Marcus Smith would go down as one of the big, <laughs> You're biggest buzz. He's, yeah, he's dead to all of us. But Mike Mamula. Seattle. Seattle, yeah. So. I, I, I guess so. But Mike Mamula wasn't a bad player. He was just drafted. It's no fault of his. He was just drafted higher than he was supposed to be. And therefore, the Eagles fans, when they weren't getting the production out of him, let him hear it. Let him hear it. Adam, you're 100% correct. Thanks for chiming in. Next one. Oh, my God. Okay. All right. All right. Brace yourself, kiddos. Brace yourself for this one, because this guy gave me a laundry list, and all four of them are trash. (laughs) (laughs) Number one, the Saints would have beaten the Eagles in the NFC Championship. Oh, man. The Saints would have beat the who? Eagles in the NFC Championship. The who? The 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 world champion Philadelphia Eagles in the NFC Championship. Put some respect on it. Get the fuck out of here! They didn't have the same defense as Minnesota. The offense might have been more potent, but you're dealing with the number one rush defense in the NFL at the time. It would have been a different Drew game. It would, it would not be like the Eagles-Vikings game. It wouldn't have been the Eagles-Vikings game. It would not. But I, I, listen, you can't fuck with destiny. That team was a team of destiny. And they were not losing. It didn't matter who you put in front of them in the NFC Championship game. I agree. Especially at home. They were like Thanos. All right? They were going to snap their fingers and make half of the league disappear. Everybody in the NFC East, NFC is gone. Snap of the fingers. Philadelphia Thanos making everybody disappear. Second one. Buckle up. Oh, shit. I don't regret letting Dawkins go. He was a liability in pass coverage. The fuck is you talking about? <laughs> oh, my God. Yo, I want to, like, sweep this guy's leg virtually. If I could... Because what you were left with was Nate Allen and uh, who else? Macho fucking Harris. Macho Camacho Harris. That's what you were left with. That's what you let Dawkins to groom the younger guys who were all garbage. Letting Dawkins... uh, We talked about the biggest tragedy in Philadelphia sports. Chalk letting Reggie White go in free agency at the birth of free agency. Do, Do that one right underneath. And then I think number three, tragedies in Philadelphia Eagles history. All right, number three would be Randall going down. Yeah. Yeah. Number four would have to be the way they handled the Dawkins situation. Mm -hmm. That was terrible. Terrible. And that was all fucking Joe Banner, by the way. That was all Joe Banner. And and then watch him to go on to the Broncos. And and be productive. Be productive. And then, again, he's he's a team leader. You rip the heart out of your team when you let Dawkins walk. Eagles WTD continues. 
This guy. Chip Kelly should be an NFL head coach again. Is he a Cowboys fan? I, I think he's an Eagles fan. What? I'm seeing in the ad. I'm seeing, uh, yeah, there's an Eagles logo in the ad. Are you kidding? Chip Kelly should be an NFL head coach again. <laughs> Discuss amongst yourselves. Uh, they've got all his plays. They uh, looked at the Tecmo Bowl. He's got about five plays. <laughs> they know what he's going to do. Exactly. He's back in college football for a reason. <laughs> Yeah, uh, 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 and uh, lastly, he, 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 he may have a point here. He may have a point. Losing, Poor donkey. Losing Patrick Robinson will be a bigger deal than people realize. Uh, that's the I, most accurate one he's Sydney said. Jones <laughs> season. Sidney Jones season. I mean, that's, that's, that's kind of, we all know that. Yeah. We're, we're all fighting. You know, we're watching them try to get a, a slot corner right now. But he did... Uh, perform really well. And I season. think Patrick Robinson's play at the interception at the Vikings game is so underappreciated, in my opinion. That really turned the game yeah. around. That doesn't get mentioned much at all. It is almost 9.45. I still got a stack of these. Justin, is it okay if we run a little long? Fuck a it. little bit? Okay. <laughs> put the team on our back, though. Justin putting the team on his back, though. <laughs> Uh, C for clarity. Our boy C for clarity. Jalen Mills' best position will be at safety before his rookie contract is up. What was that one? Jalen Mills' best safety. position will be will be moved to safety. Hmm. I could see it. I could see uh, it happen. I could see it, especially when Jim, uh, Jim Schwartz talked Ro- today. About, Rodney uh, McLeod yeah. eventually leaves. Yeah, Jim Schwartz was talking today about. Um, I, I may actually have a cut of it, but he was talking about how he wants to move a lot of his defensive players around, specifically in the secondary, and just have the corners be able to play safety and safety be able to play corners, vice versa. Yeah. You know? I mean, when you think about the safety position, we're, we're talking about $40 million tied to that position from last year to this year. $40 million at the safety position. You're going to have to get cheaper. McLeod is probably on the chopping block next season. Now, let's start torching through these. Uh, Boat Housero says, Howie Roseman is strictly a numbers guy, and without Joe Douglas, the Eagles will never win the Super Bowl. I think Joe Douglas was a big part of that. And, uh, like, people sleep on the idea of having a football guy pick out talent and also guide players to fit our system who blend in chemistry-wise. Oh, yeah, and Joe Douglas has some of the connections with the players we brought in yeah, that a lot of got us to win the Super Bowl. It's Miles says the no one likes us chant is cringy. Sometimes. Is it? Is it cringy sometimes? Sometimes. Okay. Well, Give me an example. Uh, I mean, when we were in L.A., yeah. I, I heard that chant everywhere. So, I mean, you, you're watching other people who don't know they might know what they're, they're just like look at these eagle fans singing no one likes us we don't care and they're like who the f- what the fuck are they singing i'm gonna get real weird with it <laughs> i'll bring this a little farther okay does it annoy you that people do eagles chants at a phillies game a flyers game or a sixers game does that annoy uh, you let, let, let's just put it this way i'll speak on it let's just put it this way i understand if you're a phillies fan and a Phillies fan only, or you're just a diehard Philly, and you pay attention to the other four sports, how Eagles chants at a Phillies game could get annoying. I understand if you're a Flyers fan, because those guys are niche. They're, they're, they're in yeah. their own. Oh, yeah. Hockey fans are on their own planet. Mm-hmm. All right, I could understand how that would get real annoying at a Flyers game, especially during the playoffs. Just know it's going to happen. Yeah. Like, I, I'm not going to apologize for it. I'm not the one starting it, but I'll, I'll tell you what, it's going to happen. Mm-hmm. 
And when I remember when the Phillies were in the World Series at Lincoln Financial Field, when the Eagles were under, uh, I think uh, they were still going through the bad, the last couple bad years with Reed. Yeah. The Let's Go Phillies chants were running rampant mm-hmm. at, at Lincoln Financial Field. And you know what? We were okay with it yeah. mm-hmm. because it basically was a middle finger to the Eagles front office that wasn't performing yeah. and wasn't putting a, a quality product on the field. Mm-hmm. So if you're sitting there in the Flyers and you're underperforming and they start doing you know, E-A-G-L-E-S, yeah. you know, don't, don't, don't look down upon the Eagles fans. Maybe, maybe get your friend. Hey, listen, the Vegas Golden Knights are in the Stanley Cup playoffs. What the fuck is waiting, you guys waiting for so long for? Yeah. Yeah, let's do oh, that. Man, oh, man, I just hit that horn stuff. <laughs> Moving on. Let's do that. Oh, on. <laughs> Gold standard 76. I secretly want Des Bryant here. Des Bryant here. Yes or no? He is still not signed. Nah. His nah. separation is weak, so. Does he know how to fill water bottles? <laughs> Nah, I, I want I want I want a player who wants. He's going to drop him. <laughs> I want a player who wants to be here, just to be here, not to get back at the Cowboys. Yeah. We don't need that energy. We don't need the Cowboys energy. Well said, energy. Gail. Well said. I like that answer. Next up, uh, okay. Oof. All right, here we go. Brace yourselves. This could be a long one. Uh, D W underscore L. The Eagles should have jumped at thirty five for Foles. What is it? What has been the for, mo- for the Browns? No. What What has been the mantra that, of this uh, season for us? Nothing. Assu- is assu- above assuming the that Nick Foles was told about the deal on the table, and he said, and he okayed it. Should, oh, if he okayed. If he okayed it. If it was just up to the Eagles, number thirty-five for Foles. No, no. I, I, I still don't do it because, like, everyone wants to say that like Carson's going to be back and all that this year, but like. We straight up, if, if we didn't have Foles last season, we were relying on Nate Sudfield to do what Foles did. So what if Wentz were to go down again this year? Or what would be the humongous difference? Like what player we could we repeat? have gotten a 35? What player could we be a I mean, big difference he's, maker? He's hey, more I also we got Goddard. Will Hernandez, Nick Chubb. Um, he, I, think, I think Nick Chubb was the guy. That Are they better like, player-wise player. compared to Goddard? No, I mean, player-wise? I, I think regardless of whatever, you want to have – player in your back pocket like Nick Foles exactly. yeah. who has got the trust of the locker room who was a Super Bowl MVP we've done it before who's done before uh, he's got some things hanging up in the Hall, uh, hall of Fame right now yeah. uh, I mean he, he's just you know Wentz is not we don't know how healthy Wentz is mm-hmm. we'd right. like to think he's going to start week one we don't know yet but, so might as well keep Foles in the back pocket and you, you know what's another thing that people aren't really thinking about is the fact that what if like something along the lines of Aaron Rodgers or someone goes down later in the season and another team needs a quarterback. Nick Foles' stock has just went even higher. You know what I mean? His value only goes higher if there's a team that needs him. And then you can fleece during yeah. this right around the season Correct. for a team, and that- that's exactly how the Minnesota Vikings got fleeced for yeah. a first round. Pick. There you go. Listen, listen. I'll say this, and and I've and I've had it stuck with me because it went so unnoticed. But it stuck with me, and, and time and time again on the show, I've forgotten to bring it up. But during the NFL owners' meetings, Howie Roseman was there, and he was asked that question, a trade opportunity for Nick Foles. Would you do it or wouldn't you do it? And all he simply said was, we know the percentage of hitting on every single pick. So when Eagles fans talk about pick 35 or any second-round pick for Nick Foles, for that matter, they are automatically assuming that they are getting a pro bowler 
that they are getting a starter, that they are getting somebody who is going to contribute right away to this roster as it pertains to, to nothing above the repeat and, and, and actively contributing on the field. Mm-hmm. But that's not true. It's all about a percentage. So a second-round pick has a percentage, and I don't know what it is, but the Eagles do. Mm-hmm. What are the percentage that you are going to get a Deshaun Jackson as opposed to a Nate Allen? What's the percentage that you are going to get a Zach Ertz as opposed to an Eric Rowe? What's the percentage that you are going to get a LaShawn McCoy as opposed to a Michael Kendricks, who they just released and let walk? So a second-round pick, it's Mm risk-reward. I don't know what the percentage is, but they do. And they took a look at pick 35, and what's the percentage of the we are going to get a player at this position? Because you can look up and down the Eagles' drafts. What, what if, would you trade Nick Foles for a Jaquan Jarrett? Would you trade Nick Foles for a Jordan Matthews? Would you trade Nick Foles for a Victor Abiyamiri? Or whatever the hell his name was? Would you trade him for a Deshaun Jackson? Absolutely. A LaShawn McCoy? Absolutely. A Zach Ertz or a quality player that's going to contribute, be a powerhouse on offense like a Zach Ertz? Absolutely. But you don't know that. Mm-hmm. But, then, is, but then if you look at their production those players, like even Deshaun Jackson, Sean McCoy, in their first seasons, were kind of, you know, average production. I mean, uh, Deshaun had a good year, but I just think the value of the quarterback position, you know, that, that reigns supreme. Like, Definitely. you know how important it is to have a guy of a guy who Nick Foles can guide the team to a win versus a rookie running back who will compete with Ajayi right now, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, we're going to burn through some of the rest of these real quick because I know we're coming up against it. Uh, Cisco Kid 0331 says the Eagles are the only NFC East team to go to another Super Bowl in the next 10 years. Only NFC East team to go to a Super Bowl in the next 10 years. Yes or no? Uh, Giant, Giants no got to replace one. Eli Manning. The Cowboys are the Cowboys. Washington Redskins got to rebuild the majority of that roster. Uh, I'm, I'm saying, I'm time, ten years, decades a long time, and a lot I'm of things saying, can change. I'm saying no because of the Giants. They're just like one quarterback away from being like a stud team. If like they get a good uh, quarterback out of college in the draft, they're they're that close of like being a real good Super Bowl. They, they still need to build up build up that line though yeah. too. Absolutely. And, t- and oh, yeah. timing is important with everything, too, because, like, they could get the quarterback, but then they could lose all of the weapons that they have around them but by if, that time. If Carson Wentz is around, Carson Wentz is around. Yeah. Ain't nobody going. No. But that, that's the thing. Eventually, the Giants are going to have to, like, retool, rebuild, especially, you know, you get a rookie quarterback. Not everybody's going to Carson Wentz it. Mm-hmm. Not everybody's going to win the Super Bowl in the second year. Not everybody's going to have a backup like Nick Foles. Eventually, they're going to have to rebuild that thing, all right, which takes a couple years. The Redskins are right in that, like, that sort of limbo. Like, we don't know the identity of that team. Yeah. What, what, what are Has they anybody with Alex for, like, the past 15 years? No, no, no. The Redskins have always been kind of unidentifiable team. As long as their owner's there, he's gonna fuck shit up. Yeah, and and I feel the same way about the Cowboys. Like yeah. the Cowboys could uh, could be contenders, but at the end of the day, they're gonna find a way to like fuck that thing up. Shoot themselves in the foot. So I, I I wouldn't I wouldn't doubt in the next ten years. Although it is a long time. Think about where the Eagles have been since two thousand and eight to two thousand and eighteen, right here. But. They've been through the highs and lows, but it wouldn't shock me if the Eagles are the only team to win the Super or go to the Super Bowl in the next 10 years out of the NFC East. Uh, moving on, Jeff Kerr from uh, 24-7. 
when the Eagles fan uh, <laughs> when Eagles fans actually thought uh, Nick Foles should be benched for Nate Suffield. Shout out, shout out to Lee. Uh, Jake uh, says trading Lashawn McCoy. Oh God, for oh, Kiko no. Alonso and signing Demarco Murray was the right decision. How? Huh? How? Where are they How at could now? That possibly be. Where are the players that we brought Listen, in? Listen, I understand now? that the, the, the Marco Murray and Kiko Alonso, uh, they ended up trading, you know, trade bait to move up to go get Wentz, but that still doesn't. At the time, that was not the right decision. You had a candidate for Rookie of the Year in Kiko with a bad knee, going into his second year, or was it after his second year? Uh, I think it was the second, second year. year for one of the premier second. running backs in the NFL. Yeah. Name me a name me Best a premier running back in Eagles history. Name me. Well, then Murray was coming off. He was the league leading rusher that season too. Yeah. Would the Saints trade Kamara for anybody not named Keekley? No, like like another the only linebacker I would have ever traded Lashawn McCoy was Luke Keekley. Yeah. That's me, and and I would have I would have paused. I would have hesitated and thought about it. I think the emotional intelligence got in the way. The emotional intelligence <laughs> got in Kelly the way. did some damage to the Reggie, roster. BDT says, Jason Avant was one of the better slot receivers the Eagles ever had. Barely dropped the ball, didn't complain, and did his job. This is the, the truth. The fuck is you talking No, about? this is true. Uh, I, I, <laughs> this I is actually true. agree with that. Yeah. At the time, Jason Avant had the best hands on the team. I agree with that. It wasn't Jerry Marie Macklin. It wasn't Deshaun Jackson. He had hands. Old Reliable was Jason Avant. It, he was a big possession receiver that could work the middle and take a hit. And before Odell Beckham's one-handed grabs, I kid you fucking not, young young lads out there, check out the Jason Avant one-hand catches that are... You can see them on YouTube. And on YouTube, J- Jason Avant has a song about him. But hey, if that's... It's if a great uh, song. <laughs> you, got, you gotta find it. But if Aguilar J- stays, though, if he stays, he could probably be better than Jason Vaught, though, without question, if he keeps up for what he did last year. Absolutely. Matt Brecht, the Eagles were right to draft Brandon Graham over Earl Thomas. Let me preface this one by, by just saying, like, we're talking about unpopular opinions. Let me, let me briefly touch on the worst take I've ever had in my life, and that was Brandon Graham was a bust. I pounded that fucking drum because I was so butthurt over the Earl Thomas thing. I pounded the table that Brandon Graham was going to be a bust. Brandon Graham was and I dug my heels in. It was the it's the only take that I look back and I'm like, "E, what the fuck were you thinking?" Cuz I really thought that that he was going to be a bust. We just went over Mike Mullis stats and they were comparable to Brandon Graham's during his first 5 years in the season in in the league. I was wrong. A lot of us were wrong. Earl Thomas would have been nice, but Brandon Graham no price to you can't put a price on that last play in the Super Bowl. Strip Brady. I mean, that Earl Thomas, like, that was one that, that fucking ripped my, my heart out. I was like, this is it? Earl Thomas it is? And, you know, we were dying for that safety. And then, uh, you know, I wasn't super excited about Graham either, but uh, I don't know. Z- it, it, was, it was destiny. Z Swabe, 15. The Eagles would have won the Super wouldn't have won the Super Bowl if Wentz was quarterback instead of Foles. Fuck out of here. Nah. What the fire? <laughs> Fuck! Nah. All right, here's one. Ah, that shit hurts. Here's one from uh, PJ Bleeds Green. The final uh, play and call of the Super Bowl sucked. Everyone had to wait for a possible flag before, uh, before celebrating, and it made every single call pretty dull. 
I mean, it was the situation on the field. They yeah. had they had to go 65, 70 yards in one play. I give the refs credit for letting the boys play yeah, and let it play 100%. out. Because there was, if you look at one of the camera angles, everybody pays attention to Gino the end Mills, zone. Right? Yeah. 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 Everybody pays attention to the ball and everybody in the end zone and that bobbling around for that one second, which felt like an eternity. Truth be told, Jalen Mills fucking rocked somebody on the 20-yard line yeah. completely downfield that could have been flagged. Yep. And now you're giving Brady extra time on the clock. And remember that? What was that? That Oakland Raiders-Kansas City game where it wouldn't end? I think it was like Thursday night football or Monday night football. There was a game last year because of all the penalties. Crabtree rent in the end zone, caught it. There was a holding call. And they just kept going back and forth until finally the Raiders scored. Mm -hmm. But it would have been a situation like that. I I tip my hat to Gene Steratore because he's my boy, all right, that they let the boys play that one out. Rodney McLeod is a top five safety in the NFL, says D. Margay 23. Absolutely fucking not. Yeah, I, don't, I mean, we would have two top five safeties on he's our roster. He's right. He's not top I mean, five. I would, I'm talking about the, like, if you I look, don't even think he's top ten. If you look at the, whoa. McLeod. No. If you look at the what? money. If you look at the money. I'm not even talking about the, but Landon Collins, Honey Badger, uh, Patrick Peterson, Earl Thomas, HaHa Clinton Dix, Malcolm Jenkins. The Harrison in Minnesota. There's six, and I know I'm. I'm just rattling them off off the top of my head. Sadeho from Vikings. There you go. Are you saying that? I'm not saying. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. I just rattled off six. Ronnie McLeod isn't even touching that. He said top five, and I'm saying he's not top ten. But he said top five, right? He said top five. Yeah, I would. I'd agree that. Unpopular opinion. Uh, some uh, jerk off named Prime David Prince, whose uh, Avi is a Boston Red Sox, so you already know where this one's going. They ran an illegal formation known as the Philly Special, and Clements touchdown should not have counted. Add those up, they should have won the game. Oh, look at this dude! Fuck it! <laughs> Boston loses again. No, no. Oh, it's so tough being a Boston fan. Bunch of fucking crybabies. Get over it. Uh, last one, Caledelphia. We're already on the last one. We overrate Jalen Mills a lot. Uh, I think he's I think rated we, right where he's at. I think, I think we underrate him. Yeah. I, I do. I do think we underrate him. Yeah. Like, yeah. Especially Absolutely. what he's getting paid for and the production that he's... You're all about promoting. the money, man. It you're is all, about the money. You're always talking you gotta, about the money. You got to think like Howie. Like, you're getting... You're balling on a budget with Purely guys... Purely skills. Like Jalen Mills. Skills-wise, I, th- I think he's... He's uh, he's productive corner. He, he's aggressive, mm-hmm. but he has a swagger. He's the, he's the best tackling corner that we have. Thank you, E. I have been saying that. And since he's got, got hands. Here. Yes, swagger. The, the, we haven't had a, a cornerback that could crunch people like Jalen Mills does since. Who's the last hard hitting cornerback we had? The Sheldon Brown, I guess. Yes, yeah, no, Sheldon Jacobs. Brown. When, when I seen when I saw Jalen Mills talk in the huddle for the first time, I was like, who the fuck six? Who the fuck's this guy? As, I think as, he is. Yeah, who the fuck's he? Does he think he is? And then he backed it up. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I really seventh that. round pick. Yeah, Jalen Mills. Well, I, I think he's under best I quarterback mean, we've I mean, had people, in a long people time. People knock him, and that's why you know uh, a possible move to safety in the future is is a possibility. Definitely. Is because his makeup speed isn't exactly there, and he's a hard hitter. Watch him stick his leg in the ground and drive on a ball, mm-hmm. drive on a tackle. Mm-hmm. Watch, watch, watch him lock down Des Bryant. And, and, Watch him go up against some of the elite wide receivers in the NFL. Jim Schwartz, his kid, is, has a jersey. And guess whose jersey he has? Jalen. Jalen fucking Mills. 
So that means something. <laughs> that yeah. means something. He's a favorite in the sports household. There you go. All right, do we got the uh, Jeopardy music queued up? Because we we're do. gonna, Mike. We got some Twitter questions to go through. Yeah, we got a couple. All right, let's go for it. All right, one question from our boy Trevor that was here last week. He said, "What's your guys' top five destinations to go see the Eagles play a game?" I'd love to make a trip out to Lambeau this season, or just oh, this, a- this upcoming. Or anywhere. He just said top five destinations to go see an Eagles play a game. So I would, I would like to do LA, London this year. London would definitely be another one. I like they, Seattle would be cool. Yeah. yeah there, there, there was a opportunity. Colorado. That Mama E, yep, Mama E, started to inquire or look into the London trip. Oh shit. We were this close. At the end of the day, to send all of us over. Guess how much? When I say all of us, I mean uh, like four of us. Uh, Thirteen thousand dollars. Thirteen between airfare, tickets, and hotel. Thirteen thousand dollars for four people. For four of us, and it was like we're not, we're not. Oh hell no! Hell no! Lacey, you got some on Facebook? Um, no, I actually just had an opinion. I okay. think, I think next year, um, the Eagles will play in Miami, if that makes sense, I believe. So okay. that's where I would want to go. Miami, Miami, yeah, of course. Destination, to well. Miami. Uh, strictly from a uh, from a football historic point, um, Lambeau Field. Oh, I, yeah. I, I got to see Lambeau Field once. Mm-hmm. Got to see it once. Gail? Oh, I said Seattle. Seattle? Okay. All right, next question, sir. All right, next question is from our boy Big Show. He says, assuming Wentz start, starts week one, what's over or under uh, for uh, 30 touchdowns? I'm saying over. Way over. Way over. Over. Well, next question, easy. please. Yeah, I think over I was, 40. I was expecting a penis joke. I, I know. I was, <laughs> when I said Big Sherl, I was like, here comes the dick question. Here comes, like... <laughs> Big Shirley's going to talk about something. Cleaned it up this week. Yeah, yeah. way to go, Shirley. He kept a PG this week. He kept a PG. I'm proud of you. Uh, From uh, Mac Attack, he says, can the Eagles start drawing Mulata into a decent tackle in the NFL? I sure hope so. That'd be an awesome story. I think think it's going to be tough, though. I think it's going to be tough to transfer a guy that is a rugby player into a football player. Because I think if it was possible, I think it happened more often. He's got the measurables. He's got the athletic ability that's been on display. We've all seen the YouTube highlights. Can he just he be coordinated play, enough to get the technique down? Because there's guys that have played in college, like a King Dunlap, who had the measurables but didn't have, you know, couldn't bend, didn't have the technique. He had a long career though. Yeah, Dunlap. Yeah, he did have a long career. But, but I, what I'm saying is, that, like, if he can just learn to, te- if he can pick it up. <laughs> there's no re- there's no re- there's no reason to think that he can't be successful. I mean, then you're you're sitting next to Trey Thomas, Trey Thomas, and Jason Peters, one of two of the best guys you can learn from. If you can't get anything out of that, damn, that's uh, on yeah, that's on you. That you you got to utilize them somehow. Yeah. And listen, you're a foreign player. You're a seventh round pick. You got to work. You get, open. Yeah, you got to work your ass off, yeah. and you got to want it. It's not like the Danny Watkins situation where you had a Canadian uh, hockey player that kind of transitioned to football, and then you know got a scholarship at what was it, Texas A and M or something like that, or, or down, in, down in te- uh, Danny, Danny Watkins. Watkins. He was down. He was down in uh, Texas Baylor. I'm sorry, Baylor. Yeah. Yeah. He was. He was down in Baylor, and then just didn't love the game. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's it's a different situation. He was drafted in the first round, high expectations. Didn't love the game out of the league. You know, this is a guy who was crying when he was drafted. You know, translate that to your work ethic. Let's see if he does it. Go ahead. Next question. All right. One last question from Zach Kress. He says, was each of your guys' unpopular Eagles opinion? Was your guys' personal unpopular <laughs> Eagles opinion? 
Don't bring back the Kelly Green. I knew that was going to be brought up. Don't I knew it. bring back the Kelly. Listen, you want to do it on Throwback Thursday like our boy uh, Trevor Trevor uh, mentioned last week where if the NFL on Thursday Night Football wants to switch from the Color Rush uniforms to a Throwback Thursday theme, absolutely. If you want to do it for one season where you bring it back and honor you know, honor that, or if you're the third alternate, that's fine. I'd like the Kelly Greens more than I do the black jerseys. That's another unpopular opinion, but don't switch to it full time. I uh, I shared mine earlier online. I know I'm going to catch some flack for this, but, uh, and I know you guys are going to think that it's not going to happen, but I really think this year, Matt Collins is going to have the best numbers in our wide receiver core. Oh. Matt Collins? Matt Collins. Oh, okay. Yeah. I know. I know. All I know right. it's a stretch. Hot take heaven. Okay. Uh, let's, let's see what happens at the end of the season. All right. Gail? Um, I, got a, I got a couple, but I, let me go with uh, Brian Westbrook when he kneeled down to end that game. Mm-hmm. And people were like, oh, that was noble. Uh, that motherfucker lost me my fantasy championship. And I'm very upset with him. You selfish son of a bitch. I don't give a goddamn. <laughs> you selfish son of a bitch. I lost goddamn money. All right. All right. Mine for this year, I'm going to say JHI is going to be the top three rusher this year with the, with our offensive line that we got. I know Corey Clement will be in the mix. Darren Sproles, maybe. But I think JHI is going to be the top three rusher, rusher in the NFL this year. Wow. Wow. The way they split up that backfield? I think it'll happen. Okay. All right. Well, we appreciate you guys joining on Facebook Live, listening on Wildfire Sports, checking us out on Periscope. Please follow the show at 4th and John. Give us a like on Facebook and on Instagram. Visit the 4th and John shop. This has been a fun show. A little bit different topics, man. We're all over the place. But let's always bring it home like we do. 100 days left, baby! E-A-G-L-E-S Eagles! football we're talking eagles football you're listening to fourth and john wait what the f- is a john anyway i put it in my fucking back though or donkey hello motherfucker i'm gonna get real weird with it the fuck is you talking about fuck it i'm gonna make him an awful guy with you we just won the fucking Super Bowl, you jaw motherfucker! You're talking to my guy all wrong. It's the wrong tone. Father Cowboys. Oh, he needs God. some milk. The motherfucking uh oh, girl. Hell oh. Put him in a fucking bedroom. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.